Hi there, welcome to the Culture of Life podcast from Human Life International. I'm Tad Wojcik, the Mission Research Specialist here with Father Shannon Bokeh. Tad, good to be with you in person this time. Yes, we're back here uh, in the studio, which is, is great to be here. Um, and uh, like always, we're just going to have a conversation about some important issues. Um, today, Father, I think we're going to be discussing uh, your most recent article, which was once again on the Dobbs case. This is obviously big news, so we're going to be talking about this for a while and all the right. different aspects of it, because it really is a momentous um, uh, time in our country now, uh, especially for the pro-life movement. And uh, with that said, uh, it's not only a momentous time in our own country, but in the whole world. And that's really what the focus of your most recent uh, column was. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as people have been following the news, Tad, many states, as we've spoken about before in our podcast, uh, about uh, trigger laws and about, you know, pro-life legislation in a number of the states, uh, anticipating, you know, a decision by the court with regard to the overturning of Roe and Casey. And, And so those now states have pro-life laws in, 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 uh, now in influence, and I use the word influence because as a result, you know, an example of that, even though we've seen some legal battles and we have anticipated that these would occur, so our audience should not be surprised, you know, to hear uh, states like my home state of Louisiana where a judge, you know, put a stay for, uh, on the trigger law and now there's a legal battle going on, but we anticipated things like this. So we should not be disappointed or, or discouraged, maybe is a better word, Tad, but we should anticipate that. I mean, obviously those who have been advocating for pro-abortion rights are not just going to roll over because the Supreme Court now has overturned uh, Roe and Casey and sent it back to the states. The battle is just going to continue, and we've talked about that. But, uh, but at the same time, as a result of that overturning, on that one day alone, you know, hundreds if not thousands of little lives across the United States alone were saved from the gruesome assault of abortion. So in every day that now these laws are in uh, influence, lives are being saved. And, and not only the lives of the unborn, but also the lives of their mothers from a, a lifetime of pain, of regrets, uh, dads, fathers, uh, family, society. So we're all benefiting from this. So, so I just start with that, but it also reverberates around the world. I want you to imagine, Tad, you know, m- many of our audience, if they're in your age bracket, you know, young people below the age, you know, of, of 50, you know, uh, in a sense, n- who only know Roe, but they also maybe may not be familiar with how Roe is impacted, or at least the decision of Roe, uh, the, uh, the acceptance of, of legalized abortion. Well, how has that impacted our state laws? How has it impacted our global state policies? And HLI has been in the forefront of this conversation almost from the very, very beginning because we see the impact of these uh, this uh, abortion-minded people and how that in- impacts United Nations activity, uh, United Nations Population Fund, USAID, and a litany of other programs, uh, not just a handful, but hundreds of programs that are sponsored by the United States of America in the global community. And so to see how, one, these programs are going to be influenced uh, is very important uh, by the decision of the court in a sense of how this decision is going to impact, you know, state policy. So I stop for a moment and let's just think about that. So I'm going to go back to my own home state. So even though I just acknowledge there are some legal battles we anticipated, but the law of the state is, and the legislature through its governor and all of its processes, 
have implemented a, a state where abortion is illegal. So that is going to come to pass. Wonderful. So as a result, so think about this now. So the state of Louisiana, citizens of the state who are paying taxes, not only to the state, but federal taxes. So we know the Hyde Amendment. We know what the Hyde Amendment means. And so if our audience is unfamiliar, I encourage you just kind of go, uh, uh, come on our website. You can look it up. Uh, what, uh, in a sense that funding federal funds, tax money, is not meant to be used to promote abortion, to support abortion uh, in any way in the global community. So through state policies and through programs. So, but it is happening. They find loopholes. They find ways. So now all of a sudden, the state of Louisiana, again, just let's say in this ideal moment, says, wait a minute, we don't want our money being spent in this way. And we as a state have voted. Now, I'm not an attorney, Tad. I'm not a legislator. I'm just thinking from a practical point. So I'm a citizen of the state of Louisiana. All right. My home is still in Louisiana, though I reside here currently serving Human Life International for the last almost 12 years. So, but, you know, the state says, we don't want to support this. So you can see where, let's say Mississippi, let's pull in Texas, let's pull in other states that are saying, we don't want any money being used by USAID or by the United Nations Population Fund or any of these other agencies using money coming from these states. We have voted that abortion is something that we do not support in our state and so forth. Now, again, I'm not an attorney. I don't know all the the ways in which this will work, but I think it's going to raise a lot of questions and it's going to raise concern, uh, which is already there, but now it's going to raise that conversation. And, and that is something I think it's very important uh, that we need to look at in the larger picture, not only how does it impact the United States, but how does the United States through its state policies, through its agencies, through the mechanisms that it uses to uh, give funding to other nations. And we have a history here. It's, you know, if you just come and read articles that I've written on this and many others at HLI have written on, we have seen how money from the United States is used as a leverage to bring about contraception, abortion, sterilization, you know, the litany of what they call reproductive health policies in the international forum. So this is not something that's, quote, not currently happening. It already is in existence. So, and we've been challenging this, you know, for decades. And and so this new uh, uh, overturning of Roe and Casey is going to impact that kind of conversation. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to that debate. And in my article, I make note of a number of, um, of political personalities, you know, prime ministers of different countries, you know, people who are responsible for leading, you know, Marie Stopes uh, International or Foundation or, I mean, uh, International or, you know, Planned Parenthood Federation. They're all making comments because they're concerned. They, they know that this is not just going to impact the United States of America. It's going to impact how the U.S. influences other nations with its state policies and its funding. So I think it's a very good moment to be because it's it's going to make this conversation happen, Tad. It's, it's not something that can be ignored. And many of us who have been in this battle on that regard with the international component, and I've, I've spoken on this numerous times uh, in different interviews, but I remember an article I wrote about Uganda you know, which has one of the youngest populations of Africa, if not in the world, and in a growing population. You know, family size there is still relatively large. And, and so almost when I was there last, 
you know, in uh, the Capitol, and I was giving a presentation uh, to some members of, of their of their parliament, of their Congress, and I was amazed to see the signage around the city for contraception, I- IUDs, sterilizations, injectables. It's everywhere. So the propaganda, and you can see all the all the wonderful uh, letters. Uh, you know, USAID. You'll find you know uh, British Aid. You'll find uh, UK. Uh, you know, aid, uh, aid or uh, labels and signs, and they're everywhere. You know, IPPF. You'll see them all over the place. And so, so this is something that's being you know, and people see it, and they and they know who's supporting this industry. So I think it's going to be very important that we keep the good fight here. We keep moving the pendulum as we're doing here, keep that conversation hot and heavy, you know, keep fighting the good fight. But I would love, you know, for our audience and for our our supporters and those who are maybe are not as familiar with the international component to become more acquainted with the international conversation and realize like so many of those on the other side of the aisle, as I quote in my column, are concerned because they know the impact. So, uh, Tad, in the, in the column, and I'll toss it back to you, maybe we can come back to it, but it's an example. In the column, I make note of Poland and Hungary. And, you know, 1993, Poland, with its own constitution, you know, supporting life and family. In 2011, what we call the Easter Constitution, because it was promulgated around that period, you know, in Hungary, how it itself addressed, you know, the importance of protecting human life and safeguarding the family and, you know, in promoting and advancing its own Christian root and identity. So these two countries have, you know, been victimized by the West uh, and by the ideology of the West, but they're still fighting the good fight. They're still holding, you know, the, the advancement of the culture of life. So we can do this. You know, countries can change their direction. People can reorient themselves from a mindset and from a viewpoint that, uh, that doesn't value human life or value the family for whatever reason. And we know that in the east of Europe, you know, like uh, places like Hungary, many others were impacted heavily, you know, under communism. Uh, and so, and then we see Central Europe, like Poland, you know, being affected both by the east and by the west and kind of drug through the middle of it all. And yet it, the realization is you, we can change. We can reorient our, 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 our focus and support family life. And I think that's so important uh, that we see this. And I think, as I talk about in the article, Tad, that Dobbs really kind of gets right in the face of the those who promoted the what they used to call smugly the inevitability of, of, of legalization of abortion. We'll never get rid of it. It's always going to be here. It's going to grow stronger and stronger, and it's going to get more and more entrenched. And, and so, you know, yeah, maybe along the path, some of us might have thought, are we ever going to get this, you know, uh, off the table? Well, Dobbs is the answer. You know, it's, it's saying it can be done. You know, that there we can fight the juggernaut. We can overcome Goliath. And we did. And so and this is where the Band-Aid has been ripped off. And, uh, and people have been, everything's been brought into the light. And so by no means am I naive. It's going to be a fight. And we talked about that in our last week's podcast and the week before as well. It's going to be, it's going to be a brutal battle. But what we've learned in this, Tad, is that we can overcome, and we can, and we will overcome if we stay united. 
We, we, we cannot fall victim to the propaganda and the, and the violent rhetoric and even the actions of others. We talked about that last week with uh, Change Revenge and other groups that are assaulting our pregnancy care centers and, and sadly the hypocrisy of the current administration in the White House that refuses to call out these acts of terrorism, which is domestic terrorism. And we see the hypocrisy of it all. But we're not deterred, Ted. We, we just need to stay focused and stay on target. Absolutely, Father. Um, that's actually a very good segue um, into what, what I wanted to talk about next, which is the, because you mentioned Poland and Hungary, um, because I wanted to ask about the reaction in pro-life nations versus mm -hmm. the reaction in uh, oh, yes. largely pro-abortion nations sure. with respect to this. Um, and you mentioned that you had given some quotes of, of various prime ministers and representatives of large organizations. You don't have to go through them all, but right. um, it's, I think, important for our, our listeners and viewers to know about the fact that this really is... Um, perhaps one of the most tremendous uh, events in the history of not just pro-life, certainly of the pro-life movement, but also um, just in the course of the 20th and 21st century, because the long march of, really this is one of the first major uh, reversals of the long march of the sexual revolution. And we'll get right. to that larger aspect of it uh, in a little bit, but sure. just Absolutely. wanted to see how um, we've mentioned, you know, Poland and Hungary, obviously they had a, a positive response to this development in the U.S., um, other countries, uh, which way did they lean? Sure. I mean, Perhaps. because, you know, Human Life International is a global, you know, network. So we hear, you know, from our network family, you know, so often. And, and immediately after this decision of the court, you know, uh, uh, the, the international community began to respond. You know, uh, all of our directors, our affiliates, you know, we're sending emails, you know, one congratulatory comment. But, but part of that congratulatory comment was, wow, look what's happened. You know, the people who have been fighting this fight for decades, you know, the people who have sacrificed much, the people who have suffered greatly, you know, the humiliation that many people have suffered, you know, fighting against, you know, Goliath in this situation. And, you know, and here we are because of all that effort. And so it, it encourages the global community because if you look at Western countries, so here I'll be speaking Japan, for example, or New Zealand or Australia, you know, Germany, many of the countries of Europe. So the, the Western countries, you know, what, what people would call the, quote, developed nations, you know, they're looking at this and, and, and it's really, it's a shockwave that has come across them because so many of them have succumbed, as you mentioned already, and we'll talk more about it, to the sexual revolution, to the ideology of the sexual revolution, which really is a false, put it this way, it was, it's, a, it's a human experiment and it's been going on for decades. And so it, it's, it's a false narrative. It has a false you know, uh, offering. It offers something that is completely you know, uh, unsustainable, but people have bought into it and accepted it. And so many of the Western countries have embraced the ideology, endorsed the ideology, legalized the ideology. So from the legalization of contraception, divorce, abortion, you know, issues of sterilization, all the way now to euthanasia. I mean, all of this. I mean, we, we've seen the consequences of the, the, the revolution and this human experiment. And, and so... How do you reverse it? And I think it's important to really see what this is all about. And I made reference last week to this a little bit, Ted. You know, we go back to the, the philosophers, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get back to the global because I think it's so important is what's influenced 
our, our understanding of this. So if we look at Francis Bacon and we go back to the philosopher of, of, of Descartes, you know, both of these men, uh, Bacon influence in Descartes in many ways, you know, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it this way. We have to have control over nature. You know, so in order for me to be liberated, to be completely free, to have autonomy, the great word of the modern age, autonomy, you know, and so, you know, here we are as a result of that human experiment, you know, trying to achieve that constant desire to be liberated from whatever that liberated from would be. And here, you know, liberated from childbirth, liberated from the natural consequence of the encounter of a man and a woman in the union of marital love, the conjugal act. And so it's a constant desire, you know, to overcome those hurdles. And, and, and I say that because this has been the mindset that has moved through the contraceptive mentality. This is what's brought us to the abortion mentality. This is what's now bringing us, you know, to the whole issue of sterilization and the whole issue today with, that we see with gender and homosexuality and euthanasia. All of this is connected. And, 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 we've, and I've talked about this, and I've written about this, and many others have. And so why I bring this up, Ted, is that this has been the influence on the global climate, the global understanding of the human person, of marriage, of human sexuality. And guess what happened in the United States? You know, the one who has been carrying this torch and fighting this, you know, for these autonomy and this great, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, the Goliath of the sexual revolution, you know, pushing forward. And it's all of a sudden, you know, there's been a wake-up call. You know, it's, 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 it's not inevitable, as I mentioned earlier. It, it can be toppled. Wait a minute. This, is, this sends a huge message, and it makes other nations. And I'll, I just want to quote here, you know, uh, we've talked about the Finnish, M, uh, the Finnish MP, you know, before, and I will not probably pronounce her name correctly. This is oh, Thank you, Ted. Very good. Uh, and so this is what she says. She says, the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court is good news for the defenders of children's rights. And she says, this decision will have global implications for the debate on abortion. The decision gives hope to the rest of the world that laws can be changed to protect children's, a child's life. So here we are. You know, we have been fighting this fight in the United States for the protection of the child in the womb, the most innocent of all of our human race, who is voiceless, who people have ignored, abandoned, rejected, and this overturning of a very horrific law that was imposed upon the United States by the Supreme Court in 1973. And as, uh, as for those of you who maybe have read, you know, uh, Justice Alito's 213 page, the majority opinion, so he, he penned it. So it's worth the read. And here he says, basically, this bad law was inevitably going to meet the Constitution. And, and so, and we know it was bad law, but more than just bad law, it's an immoral law. It assaulted the most vulnerable of our race. And it still does because it's still legal in the states where abortion is now permissible and, and legal. So we have to keep fighting the fight. But in the global climate, Ted, it sends a message that we can change the law. That, you know, the those that said it can't be done, those who feel like it's just, like I said earlier, it's inevitable, wrong. It's not inevitable. It only is inevitable if I sit on my sofa and do nothing. It's only inevitable if I speak not, if I remain silent then it stays as it is. But because so many have refused to sit on their couches, have refused to remain silent, have refused to accept what we've been told we could not change, 
we are here. So this also affects that global climate that, you know, especially in those Western countries where it has been imposed on the people, you know, except sadly, except sadly in Ireland. And so, uh, and we have to, you know, work, and we are working tirelessly in Ireland with our allies and with our av- uh, affiliates and our, our, our fellow partners in this great cause. And we, 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 we can, this is a proof that we can return. And because uh, we just need to keep forming minds, forming hearts, educating, fighting the good fight. So I'm hopeful, you know, that this decision that we have been, uh, this opportunity, I should say, that has been thrown in our direction, that it will be, uh, give us the momentum in the international uh, spectrum, uh, in the sense of conversation, to keep pushing forward. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. And, and I'm, again, I'm not naive. I, I know it's not going to be easy. But the Lord never said it was going to be easy. You know, he just told us, you know, to, to remain true to him, stay on the narrow path, proclaim the gospel, and know that he's with us always. So, I mean, what more do I need? Absolutely, Father. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, we, well, we talked about the reaction of um, the different sectors of, of the global community on this, um, and really, uh Perhaps the most polarized country in the world right now is is the U.S., um, as well as some European countries. But uh, really, it kind of shows uh, who's who's who in the international community. The way uh, reactions have occurred. If if I may, just sure. to add to that, just for a moment, Tad, sorry, is when and, and we can talk more about this later because uh, I am writing a little article on this. I shouldn't. My articles are never too little, but uh, it's it's uh, on the demographic winter. This is something I'm picking back up again mm. because we've talked about this in, in our podcast and definitely in HLI's writing. We have written on this numerous times. The low birth rates, the low fertility rates, there is an inevitability, and we've talked about that, that the consequence of these low rates, low percentages in countries, th- it, this is going to meet a point where we're going to see the full spectrum of consequences of that. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is this is helping in this conversation because we have countries now that have reached such low numbers that they're seeing that can they survive. Economically is one issue, and that's a, obviously that's what drives much of the world's conversation, and understandably so. Without strong economies, families suffer, individuals suffer. You know, there's many, many consequences as a result. But just the, the, the idea from, you know, the, what we've been preaching for years, the immorality of the contraceptive mentality, the immorality of abortion, you know, the violence against the family that has happened with separation and the legalization of divorce and all the issues of cohabitation and all these things of the sexual revolution have taught, given us not you know, the freedom that we think and, and the great joys of, of that they promised, what they're bringing about are some dire consequences. And it's, it's now visible in many countries, especially in Europe. And we see this in Japan, standing out vividly, you know, with its low birth rates and its declining population. And we're gonna see China in the same situation, even though it may have one of the largest populations. But again, look at the UN numbers. This is the United Nations own numbers are telling what's coming. So this demographic winner, what we call the demographic bomb. So, and, and just make note of it, we can come back and pick it up. But it's also helping spur the conversation, Tad, because, you know, we, we can't 
the idea here is we, we're going to face this whether we want it or not. You know, in the United States, immigration, legal and illegal immigration, you know, really hides the, the, the true picture. But in reality, with things I've seen over the last five years, our birth rates are well below replacement. You know, we and some of the numbers show that we're burying more people than we're giving birth to. So this is an inevitable, something inevitable. This is inevitable. If we keep doing this, if we keep, you know, sacrificing, you know, our children and we keep closing our hearts and minds to the gift of family life and the beauty of children, you know, that we're going to meet a point where it's going to, it already is here, affecting us economically, spiritually, in many other ways that we can, we'll talk about later on. But I want to keep that in the conversation, Tad, because it's helping drive some of this in other countries. Because they're seeing, especially in the Eastern, Eastern Europe, you know, Central Europe, Western Europe. I mean, they're all experiencing the different levels. But as a whole, all of Europe is below replacement level. All of it. So even in, in, in Poland and Hungary, that is working to promote the cultural life, are, they're, they're nudging up. Right? But it's, it's going to take a, many, many uh, years to move those numbers to the point where you see stability and where you see pro- growth in those numbers and younger families and younger children. And just so that people have an understanding what a demographic, I'm going to talk about a demographic pyramid for a moment. So if I may just use my fingers, so pardon me. Uh, but so the larger base, you know, in a healthy culture, healthy country, has the larger base of my pyramid has a younger population, a young, youthful population. And then with our aging population moving toward the pinnacle of of the pyramid. And so a younger population on the base is what helps sustain, again, just looking at things economically, you know, from the the different aspects of, of society and community, is supporting everything above it. And so, but what's happened, Tad, is kind of think of those fingers reversing. So now what we have is, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my fingers done the right way here. But now what we have is the, the base reversed, and we have an aging population with a very young uh, point, and so which cannot this older population cannot sustain, you know, all these aspects. So again, we can talk about this, and we will because uh, I've joined a partnership, with, I mean, we're talking about a partnership with another pro-life group to keep talking about this and really advancing this, this, this conversation. And it's gonna help us because it's gonna help in, in, in showing what happens when we embrace an ideology that is anti-life, anti-family, which is anti-God, all right? So this is what, the, this is what happens. So that's going to help us. And it already is, Tad, because, you know, HLI is already working in many parts of the world. We've already brought this message to many parts of our world, and it's received. People are, are welcome it they, they, because they see it. They see the reality. But, Tad, as it is in the United States, it's a mindset. It's, it's, a, it's a view. That's the harder part to change. And I know this because in, in parts of Europe where they've incentivized couples, you know, uh, sadly, all couples, not just married couples, the couples to have children, uh, it has not really worked. Because, again, it's, it's a mindset because people have con- uh, accepted, like we see in China, where, you know, where policies have been changing and maybe the openness to giving permission to have more children. We can talk about that, too. That's a different understanding. But 
uh, permission, needing permission, but uh, from the state, uh, but the, which denies the rights of parents and denies the rights of children. But uh, the the but it's not working because a mindset has has really grounded itself, and we've been taught for decades children are bad, they're too costly. You know, it impacts you know daily life. So people have bought into the rhetoric, into the narrative. So we're going to have to unravel that, unpack it. I mean, and let's be honest, Tad, in our own country, and I'm not a huge TV person. I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch very little of it, very minimal. And uh, But the darn commercials very rarely are about children. You know, with all respect, it's, it's about pets. You know, and so a mindset has come that's really there. I mean, co- I mean, commercials constant. I see them in airports. So and you, what's happened is, is that people have bought into a narrative and it's going to take a lot of work, Tad. You know, so that's why it's all connected. And but here we are. I, we, we're at a good point, Tad. We're at a very good point where we can bring this conversation to the surface and and and, and articulate it and help people to understand. You know what what this is really all about. And I'm seeing from our global family an excitement in this, and they're seeing themselves being emboldened by this and the realization, okay, if the, if the U.S. through its pro-life leaders and pro-life leadership over the decades have been able to get to this point and, to, and be able to have, you know, a majority of the Supreme Court see the error that was done in 1973, not resolve every issue, but see the error, correct the error, and then they themselves can also bring about the same conclusion in their own respective countries. So I know that's a long explanation, Tad, and a conversation, but uh, it's, I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I mean, I'm excited about this moment, and I'm, I'm, I have a, my mind is very much not, uh, it's, it's, it sees it from a reality point, but it sees it from the excitement of what's before us and the opportunities that are before us. And, and I, as I said earlier, not naive. It's, it's not going to be an easy one, but we will do it. So I'll toss it back to you. You know, you had the, the question you wanted to get to a little bit as well. Oh, well, there's just so many different things, uh, places to go from there, Father. But uh, why don't we talk about uh, this here, kind of um, because you've alluded to it a, a couple times already, just the situation of the sexual revolution and everything um, really honestly leading up to that because the sexual revolution began in earnest in the 60s, but uh, these sorts of developments had been going on well before that, pretty much, I would say, the 20th century, if not even earlier. And you said, uh, you had a comment earlier, you said it was against uh, family, against life, and against God. I think, I don't remember the order or if if maybe one of those was wrong, but the main point was that it was against God, right? Right. This whole uh, sexual revolution, the whole idea of dominating nature. Right. um, Not being a steward. Right, right. And culminating in really the... uh, such disregard for human life that uh, it can be also uh, murdered in, in, in abortion right. as opposed to other types of deviance uh, that occur in the sexual revolution. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode that this was really the one of the first reversals of that whole long march. I mean, really there was an illusion of inevitability yeah. that Christians, Catholics, pro-lifers have been experiencing for more than decades, century, or Your even lifetime. more, entirely my lifetime, I have seen things radically change. I'm, uh, you know, not even three decades old, and 
I have seen things, I've seen things become normalized that were uh, still hotly contested when I was young because I was pretty astute. I, I could kind of see what was going on. Sure. And I, I'm surpri- I was surprised within my lifetime. I thought this can't be, <laughs> you know, normal that 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 things happen this fast but it it is odd that there was that there has been such a tremendous and accelerating uh, progression and then all of a sudden now uh at this point the lord has chosen to grant quite a momentous victory on our front which had never really happened before i mean you can talk about different elections or things but that was always more like a a, a blocking or a, a slowing down rather than this is actually something quite momentous. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a, I mean, it's a great summary, Tad. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you summarized it beautifully while you were speaking, and you know, when I was uh, you know, working on the article, it made me think of you know the, uh, the the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's just that last piece of straw just finally just brings it down, and you know, in in a way, we've been taught. For these many decades, you know, especially you know, with the, the 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 imposition of the legalization of abortion in the United States, and but if we just travel back with the legalization by the same court, by different court members, but by the court, you know, with the legalization of contraception, and then then moving toward the legalization of of of, of divorce, abortion, and then as we see today with. The, the, the legalization of same-sex union with uh, the issue uh, that we're seeing now in, in the great fight. So you wanted to add well, something? I just wanted to make a point so that our, our listeners are, are, and viewers are aware that we do understand. We, we use legalization as a shorthand for basically the court saying it's illegal to make it illegal right. in a different state, right? right? Because all of these issues had had different rules in different states, in different states. because of the way the right. U.S. The federal system works is, is kind of different from other countries. Exactly. But, essentially the court saying no 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 autonomy in this matter uh, for states as it right. were this is how it's going to be right. across the federal plains if mm-hmm. you will so no thank you it's very important i'm sorry i always feel that we sometimes have our, we just, our i just want to because uh, we don't want people to uh, think that we're not aware of these the nuances, nuances of the issues right, right. exactly no but you, when you see all these uh, happenings occur you know from 1965 in the states moving forward now to this current time, uh, it, it does. It gives the impression. I've always kind of felt, you know, through the process, you know, and you hear people say, well, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. Of course it can. Because when you start with something wrong, something immoral, something that assaults a good, something that is true, something that is beautiful, that God himself has created, and that we can understand through the natural law, We've assaulted it. We've 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 gone against it. That then, if I can get to uh, to accept one, why can't I accept further? And then once I get a little further, then why can't I just keep pushing? And eventually, we just keep pushing that 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 can, if you will, further and further down, and we keep moving further and further away from the good, from the true, from the beautiful, and we keep recreating it and redefining it in our own image and our own likeness. And and here we are. And it got to a point where people feeling, you know, will we ever, because all we kept hearing was we kept seeing more problem. We kept seeing, again, a legalization of behavior, an acceptance of immoral behavior, and the points of normalizing that behavior. And we saw a desensitization within the culture to what just a few decades gone by would, would have been perceived and understood 
and rightly so, as something immoral, something that is not good for people or good for society. It's not good for the, the common good. It doesn't promote human flourishing. And we would have fought against such an action. But today, you know, to see relatively the acceptance of, like, for example, pornography. I mean, we had laws in the United States against pornography. And now pornography in the United States of America, as it is in many other countries, is a very, very lucrative business, all at the objectification of human beings, the usury of other human beings for the gratification and pleasure of other human beings. I mean, we really need to wrap our mind around this. You know, who would have ever thought? I mean, my own grandparents, you know, used to, when speaking about abortion, it was vile to them. Understanding taking the life of another human being, there was no, and these were people that didn't have many of them. Uh, most of my grandparents, you know, didn't have a high school diploma. None of them had ever attended college, of course, and so they didn't know all the science. But what they understood was truth. Life begins at the moment of conception. There is a new human life at that moment, and that life is to be protected. We have believed that for centuries. For centuries, millennia. And so, so I'm with you, Tad. I mean, it is something that, you know, that, that you feel like, are we ever going to overcome this hurdle? Especially as we keep adding to it. That's what I mean by the camel's back. We just kept adding more straw. And with Dobbs, I think what happened was that, you know, that, it, that this inevitable, quote unquote, you know, uh, that we've been told met the, the, the last piece of straw. And all, the, all these kind of little points came to a, a, a pivotal moment, and we were fortunate to have six people of the court see the, 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 the one, the bad law, and number two, how it really was not in the Constitution. It's never been in the Constitution. And so from that point, but I think, Tad, there, there's so much more to this story. There's so much more to this, and that is... We have a population in the United States that really believes that this is a, a, a right. It's, they, as we talked about last, almost a moral duty, you know, to contracept, to prevent the population from growing. So we have, we have a, a larger battle in front of us. We, we still have the legal battle, as we already talked about, and, but we have so much more other aspects of that battle. And so we just got to, if I may, we got to pick the camel up you know, tie some ropes around its legs so it doesn't fall, and just knowing it's going to be more weight. We're going to, we have to be willing to endure much more. We have to be willing to accept much more ridicule, much more of the difficulty, the sacrifices we're going to have to make to keep pushing forward and, and to know that we, we've come to this point and we, we need to be encouraged, emboldened. We need to be grateful to the many people that got us here, thankful to each one of them that sacrificed. Praise be God for them. And now we owe them. You know, we've been given this baton. We have to keep going forward with it. And, and that means we're going to have to address all these other issues. And, you know, and that means, Tad, it can't be just one group. It, it never has been. It's all of us. And that, to me, is the key here, is to unite. We have to unite in this, what John Paul called this ethical effort. We have to unite. So first and foremost, as Catholics, we all know we have division, sadly. We have scandal. We have those who are promoting themselves as Catholic 
but yet promoting things that are not Catholic. We have to address that. It needs to be handled, and we need to be purged of these scandals. I mean, that, that has to happen. And we can have that discussion another time. But it's real, it's there, and we all know it. We don't have to mention any names. We know what's going on. We are not united. The church is true. Her teaching, consistent. Her, her teaching, constant. So it's not the church's teaching that's at issue here. It's the people adhering to that teaching, ascending to that teaching. That is the first thing we have to address. And so we as a church need to unite. Secondly, as a church, we belong to a larger community of fellow Christians and non-Christians who do share our fundamental values, our principles about human life and the dignity of marriage. And and we we need to unite where we can stand together and work on those causes together. And who knows, Ted, by our own witness, we might also help our brothers and sisters to see the larger picture. What I'm talking about here is the issue of contraception, you know, which many uh, within our Christian brothers and sisters do not share our our understanding and and the teaching of the church in this regard. But here's a moment because it is the real issue here. It's underneath all of it. So, but we need to unite and then work together in this cause. That's what's brought us to this point now. But imagine if we were more united, you know, more concerted in our effort, more in the sense of, and I, and I say this with great charity, is all of us in, these, in the pro-life organizations and profit and nonprofit are, are working toward this cause. And so we all may approach it in different ways, Tad. We all may speak on different subjects and different topics and approach how we address it in our activities and programs, but we all need each other. You know, no one got to the Supreme Court in that moment alone. And anyone single who takes credit, with all respect, shame, because it didn't take one person. It took many people. It took many, many people to get to that moment, to be in front of those individuals, to present those cases. So that's how we have to go forward too. We have to be united. And if we, and, and the other side knows it because with all, with, you know, what I've seen, you know, which to me is, is, is something that we should learn from, the other side of the aisle seem to be quite united in their cause. You know, they're fighting those fights. And whether we agree with their tactics or not, but let's be honest, they're out there. You know, we need to be out there. We need to be active. We need to be vocal and respectfully, legally, all the various, and we've done that for decades. But we, we got to intensify our, our approach and, and be out there. And, and one thing I would add to that, uh, Tad, is, um, is we have to be, you know, even more creative in how we address it. And we talked about that last week. And I know I'm going to pick it back up again in my column coming up this week, uh, if all things uh, happen and fall into place with that article, is we, we need to be united uh, in, in this effort. So I see that affecting the global community. They're looking, all right? As, the, you know, people always want to talk about, you know, um, in the Philippines, for example, and I'll never get the, the quote perfect, but I, so please forgive me for those who know the quote better. But, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it because I've seen different versions of it. So basically, if the United States blows its nose, you know, sneezes, people in the Philippines saying, God bless you. In other words, it's, it's, it, whatever happens here happens there. So now that can be a good or a bad thing, right? So the same thing we see this in other parts of the world. People are looking, and I'm not making fun of the Philippines. It's my home away from home. But I'm just saying that's the mindset. People are looking toward the United States and saying, oh, if they're doing it, we should do it. 
you know, and we've always said, don't all follow what we're doing. You know, and, and if we're doing something good and, and wholesome and holy and moral, yes, join the train. If we're not, stay far, far away from us, all right? So we do impact the global community. And this moment is a moment where the global community has stood up. And we saw this in a number of the comments, and I hope people will go back and read them in my column, um, and uh, the, the good and the bad. You know, so people have taken notice, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's a good, good thing, Tad. So it's going to be an exciting moment forward. I think there's many opportunities in front of us. Uh, I believe that in the U.S. we are going to make much traction over the next year. Uh, we're going to see um, some, uh, even maybe some of the states that have not really were with us uh, actually uh, join us in, the, in this great cause. I, I really believe it's going to incentivize uh, a number of our religious leaders you know, to, to, to recognize the momentum and step forward. I think many people who have been maybe on the sidelines and not thinking we would ever get here or come back off, off their, quote, sofas and back on the sidelines with us. I think people are going to see opportunity within their state legislators, legislative branches of, of government, and I think that's going to have some momentum. Uh, how do I know that? Read what the other side is saying. They know it. They know what this means, and they know what it could do. The same way it works when, quote, the other side wins. So think what happens, you know, like, like today, you know, uh, as we are doing this podcast, there has been, you know, rumor uh, that the Biden administration, the president would sign an executive order regarding abortion. As we are doing this recording, as I came in, that was done. Now, I haven't read all of it. I don't know exactly what it says. But, you know, these things we, we knew were going to happen in the, the, how they're going to approach it. But the idea is, is that we have to be equally determined not to be distracted by these things and to realize that we, we have to be united. We have to be consistent. We have to be people of prayer. Go back to what always we end with. Pray fast do acts of penance, you know, we, we have, this is, this is a spiritual battle and we, we cannot ignore that. And we're, we're fighting, you know, uh, you know, principalities, you know, along with our fellow brothers and sisters, you know, who have, you know, succumbed to aspects of the darkness. We, we, we have to, to see this and, and not be afraid, but to, to be emboldened. I really see this as, as a moment of time. And I've already been to a number of conferences since Roe, and I can tell you what the momentum's like and the excitement is like, and the people, as you voiced earlier, Ted, kind of in awe. Can't believe we did this, you know, in the sense that we've gotten to this point. But the comment immediately following that by the leaders, okay, get up. We got work to be done. Kind of reminds me of the day of the ascension of our Lord, right? <laughs> there's work to be done. You know, there's, there's much to be done. Go, go. That, to me, is the message that I walk away with, you know, and, uh, and, and that's kind of why, uh, as you can, our audience, I hope, can see it, it's, it's passion. You know, we have to have this passion, and we have to have love for our brothers and sisters, even those who do not share our view. Love them. Pray for them. Encourage them. You know, uh, I will say this, you know, uh, and, I'll, and I'll close and I'll toss it back to you, Tad. <clears throat> Part of me is is the understanding that, you know, when you think of the people on the sidelines, you know, working, uh, uh, doing vigils at the, uh, uh, at the abortion facilities, how many of those people working inside those doors converted because people were outside? 
So that's what love requires, is to love everyone. And Jesus said it, right? Love your enemies. So I don't consider them an enemy, though we do not share the same view. So I have to love and care for my brothers and sisters who don't share my view. For the moment, quote, an enemy, but to love them, to really sincerely love them. And it's going to take a lot more love, you know, to convert. So let's, let's pray for that. I just, let's, let's, all of our audience and our, our supporters just, just keep praying. Let's keep up the momentum. Absolutely, Father. Thank you so much for that uh, encouragement and message of, um, of, of vigorous fight ahead of us, but the strength and resolve to, to, to take to the field um, of, of the, these works of charity, right? Because it's a spiritual battlefield of, of as you mentioned, praying, fasting, works of penance, um, and also legal battle and, and et cetera, All the whole it. cultural war. Um, with that in mind, Father, I think um, we might be able to close out there. I, I don't know if you have any final comments, though, perhaps about uh, HLI's mission around the world and how our own uh, affiliates and, and directors are, are taking this momentum and, and going yeah. forward with it. Uh, Absolutely no. no. I think Tad, just in, to end with that, is, is is a great way to. You know, when I look at our uh, the privilege that I have had over these years uh, to walk and work alongside some of the greatest pro life warriors I've ever met, you know, in the global field, I've met many here in the states, you know, and what a privilege it is to walk along their side. But to to also accompany those in the in, in the network that HLI has been able to uh, to build and to foster and to be privileged in, in the service uh, uh, of the great pro-life movement, uh, it really is to see their excitement and to realize, because in many, many of the countries uh, where abortion has been legalized, uh, where we see people like International Planned Parenthood, Marie Stopes uh, International, and many other groups working in their countries, you know, advocating uh, for abortion legally or illegally, and um, so they know what the fight is. They know the battle. You know, in fashion Africa, where you see the contraceptive mentality so alive, uh, being imposed upon a life-loving, family-oriented people uh, who don't need contraception, but who need infrastructure, internal resource, education, you know, clean water, all the things we've talked about before. They don't need contraception. You know, and, and what they need is our support and our care and our, and our assistance. And, and helping them, you know, to, to flourish. And, and so, but what I see is an excitement among our, our affiliates and directors. And, and, and really the saying, that means we just gotta keep going. You know, we just need to keep either protecting, the, keeping the wolf out of, of our country, or if the wolf is in, how to take that wolf to the border and kick it to the curb. And, and that's what's happened here in many ways, all right? And so we just need to do the same. So I think that they're very much excited and, and in, uh, encouraged by these actions and have pledged to continue to fight the good fight. And if I may, just by close, you know, Father Marks, you know, who is, uh, uh, has been known as the Johnny Appleseed of the pro-life movement, you know, many of the people that I've met in the field, you know, it's because they, they met him. But the way Father Marks worked, which we still work today in, 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 in his example, is it's not going in and creating a pro-life movement. It's working with people who are already on the ground, 
who are already working, who are already moving and advancing the culture of life in ways that they see within their culture, within their language, within their understandings uh, of, of, of daily life. And then how do we support them? How do we uh, encourage them? How do we uh, embolden them through whatever means and resources we can and to see what's been achieved? And at the same time, to see with disappointment in some communities where they've not say lost, but for the moment there's been a, a loss, like we see in Ireland, like we've seen in other, some other parts of Latin America. That doesn't mean we just stop. No, it just means, okay, we lost this moment, let's get back together, let's, re, uh, let's reassess what's happened, and let's get back to work again. That's what I feel from them. That's, so I have not met anyone you know, who's tucked away in some corner anywhere. I've, and now what they see is ever the more reason to get out there and to get back to work. So I, again, that's why I think I'm so uh, encouraged by what I see in my own country, but also what I see in other countries. And it's, it's a privilege to experience both. And, and so I, I, I ask our audience to really pray for the pro-life movement internationally. You know, and, and many, many are doing yeoman's work. So please pray for them. Uh, you know, that's, when, when, that's, when, that's why I offer Mass every day for all of our pro-life you know, people around the world you know, to, to strengthen us. And I always ask St. Michael the Archangel to, to, to pray for us, to protect us from the wiles of the enemy. Because as we said earlier, it's a spiritual battle. It's a diabolical uh, issue that we're dealing with. And, and it's evil out there. And we just got to deal with it. And, you know, and, and, but we need, we need spiritual help and we need the, the fortifications of heaven you know, to, to strengthen us and the graces that God bestows upon us and, uh, and helping each other and uh, giving all that I can, all my skills and all my gifts to the great cause. And, uh, and as I recently shared with my own staff during Mass, is to exhaust ourselves, you know, to, to really just exhaust ourselves for the, the gospel of life. All right. Well, thank you so much, Father, for the for that encouragement and and really giving us a a good um, display of what's going on with our affiliates around the world and how how helpful uh, this decision will, is for their spirits and for their own efforts, um, as well as for our own in the U.S. Uh, with that said, thank you all for watching uh, and listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Turn on notifications. If you're listening on any of our audio platforms, please follow us and please share with your friends. Also, uh, we don't do this all the time on every episode, but uh, as we were talking about our international efforts, it would be wonderful uh, if you would in any way go to hli.org and, and click on the donate button. So just to contribute to our efforts as well as the efforts of this podcast, but but especially our, our efforts around the world. Um, uh, especially given this momentum after a uh, wonderful decision in uh, DOPS. Um, so all that said, thank you so much again. Keep on living the culture of life. God bless. <laughs>